what percentage of Americans think that if Russia nukes Ukraine, America should nuke Russia? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. I was listening to the news today, and they said, you know, there's 8% inflation, and 3% of that is coming from the stimulus bills, the government spending we did in response to COVID. And they mentioned that Trump did one, and then Biden did another one, and that's true. Trump did $2 trillion, then Biden came in and did $2 trillion. And in fact, Trump was trying to do a second $2 trillion one, but Pelosi held that up so that then Biden, when Biden was elected, boom, they could do it right after the election instead of before, which might have helped out Trump get reelected. And they're saying three out of the eight. So, you know, if they're off by a little bit, it could have been four out of the eight. So half of our inflation might be from those government spending bills. I mean, part of those bills was just sending a check to me of, I don't know, what, two grand, three grand total. So that part's fine, obviously. Although I think higher food prices, they've, they've almost got their three grand back or whatever. I've lost the three grand. But I was just thinking about this from Biden's perspective. He's like, you know, Trump is crazy. I, you know, I, I will have a steady hand. Vote for me. And basically, if he had wanted to be the adult in the room, he would have needed to not spend a whole bunch of money in government spending. And so Democrats, you know, not that I oppose it usually, I guess, but anyways, Democrats love to spend money. So it would have been, all right, you finally, you finally became president, Biden. The only good thing you can do is don't do the thing you always wanted to do, to go in there and just throw money at everything. And, you know, and he's old and senile, so I don't, I don't know if anyone around him is like, you know, we're about to have an inflation problem because there's already a supply chain problem. If you do that, you know, if anyone said that to him, maybe no one did. But um, he'd have been like, no, screw that. I've waited my whole life to do this. We're, we're spending, baby. Drill, baby, drill. Spend, baby, spend. Robert Wright's Non-Zero podcast was talking to a war journalist about the Ukraine war. And this guy, like, fought in the Iraq war and then covered the Syrian war. And then he went over and, you know, in quotes, covered the Ukraine war. He did it back when, um, well, I guess they're still doing it anyways. Ukraine does not allow anyone, any journalist, to get any information that they don't provide them. So, But anyways, he said some interesting things, one of which is what I just said. And he was saying that the Vietnam War was the first television war. But that the Ukraine War is, is the first de-televised. It's been untelevised. And you might remember, like, during the Iraq War, they'd have reporters that'd be embedded with the soldiers, and you'd get, like, you know, whole camera, you know, a good, not just cell phone footage, but you get good camera crew footage of the war and stuff happening, right? Obviously, you ain't getting none of that here. And Russia is also not having, like, their own reporters embedded with their troops. And he was noting that neither side, neither, well, maybe Russia is. Anyways, Ukraine is not saying how many casualties they're taking. Like in the Vietnam War, they used to lie and say less Americans died and more Viet Cong died, but they still released numbers. In this war, there are no numbers. You know, how many casualties? No one, really no one knows. Or, you know, the people who know are not telling and their whole world does not know. And I guess the Washington Post recently got to actually go to a hospital where there was wounded Ukrainian soldiers and I think that soldier is like we are taking heavy losses and by the way America send us more weapons 
like basically you're allowed they were allowed to talk to some wounded people but they all the wounded people have been prepped previously to you know hey make sure you include in what you're telling them also to send more weapons which you know I'm, whatever i'm sure that's a heartfelt thing and so like I, you know i've i've talked before how america is involved in this war like we've given them these high mars uh trucks that shoot rockets and you know that's that's not the end of our involvement you know after that the rockets are guided by satellite imagery so basically the americans say drive your truck to this location and shoot the rockets and we will we will aim them or guide them to you know kill russian generals is one of the famous things they've been killing but in that scenario right there's no american there's no american within the border of ukraine doing that but so there's this thing called JSOC, uh, the Joint Strategic Operations Command. And I think it was created in the early 80s. And it's kind of a separate thing. You know, like, oh, the Army is separate from the Navy, is separate from the Air Force, is separate from the Marines. And then there's JSOC, which isn't part of any of those four things also. And so, you know, like the famous parts of JSOC are uh, SEAL Team 6, and then whichever Delta Delta team is like their is the Army's version of SEALs. So basically, not every SEAL is part of JSOC, but the best group of SEALs, SEAL Team Six, is part of JSOC. And so that's just what they do. They take the very very best of the spe special operations spec op special op uh, soldiers from each branch of the military, and then they bring them into this JSOC thing. And it's not just SEAL. Delta Force type guys. It also has, you know, they they have like their own little version of the CIA. So basically, the military's version of the CIA is part of JSOC, like spies basically. And I don't know, it's very secretive. But you know, it's a big, it's a it's an organization. It's got a big organization. It's got all sorts of interesting things. They got spies. They got SEAL teams. They got whatever they need. I think. And I think they get funding kind of separate from the military, so they get extra money. And so when this guy was covering the Syrian war, he'd be, you know, like in the media, you'd hear about an American dying occasionally. But when he, you know, but he's there, he's like, you know, I'm just going to make this up. He's like, I saw two people die, but the State Department is, say, is only saying that one person died. And I guess, I don't know what law it is. I think he said Title 50. Title 50 of what? I have no idea. It, it says that you don't... That, Whatever, JSOC deaths do not count as American deaths. Like, I think there's certain reporting you have to do. You, you know, like, there's laws that say, whatever, you have, to, you have to say how many army soldiers get killed in a war or something. But then there's another law that says, and don't ever say how many JSOC people were killed in a war. And so, for instance, I think Biden or who knows what, everyone high up is saying there's no Americans in Ukraine well that's legal that's a that's a that's a they passed a law that says that those lying about the number of JSOC people in a com country is legal I'm not sure if they mandate if you can never tell the truth or or you can just lie if you want but and so like we don't know much about any of this stuff I mean, basically what he's saying there is just like, this is exactly how you do it, how they did it in Syria. I'm sure they're doing it exactly the same in Ukraine. But there has been a couple of statements by uh, people in the military talking about how they're involved in the war. Like, someone said, you know, well, we don't, we don't tell them 
exactly where to you know kill a russian general we just say oh here's a command post to kill and then the most recent thing is there's a ukrainians are trying to back, take back kursan just some city and i think they're kind of succeeding but anyways they had the ukrainians had come up with a big old plan to take back kursan and then the americans are like your plan is stupid why don't you do it this other way and the Ukrainians are like, okay, we'll do it your way, and it worked a lot better. And I don't know if they have the same rule for the CIA, but, you know, in the Iraq war, did no CIA people ever go over there, or did just people never talk about it? But the CIA has a wall. They have a wall that they put stars on when CIA employees get killed, I believe in the line of duty. And so a couple more stars have been put on the board this year. I mean, that's like all they get. They don't tell you the name of the person. They just put a star on there to represent whoever. But they've added a couple uh, stars to the board this year, and that, I mean, you can't prove it. That might be a couple CIA agents who uh, got hit by something in Iraq. Or, sorry, Ukraine. And they're also talking about the 80s Afghan war, Russia versus Afghanistan. And apparently some high-up American people have said, you know, they're like, I think we can get Russia to attack, to invade Afghanistan. You know, if we, if we do, if we, uh, if we need them, if we poke them, if we poke them a bit, I think we can get Russia to attack Afghanistan. And then they did. And now that's so long ago that people are willing to admit they did that. And so, you know, it'll probably be 40, 40 years from now, we'll probably find out that we were like, yeah, poke that bear. Get him to attack Ukraine. This is going to be awesome. And then the guy gave a prediction, like, you know, what's going to happen with this war? Is this going to be a nice, quick win for Ukraine and the West? And he's like, I don't know anything more than anyone else, but every single war that America gets involved with lasts for fucking ever. <laughs> so I think we're going to have one of those. And I looked up the Syrian war. It's still going. I think we're, I still, I think, you know, we're not majorly involved, but I think we're, we're still minorly involved in the Syrian war, so we quit the Iraq one and the Afghanistan one, but we've been keeping the Syrian one still going, and we started this new one. I mean, maybe it was like we were, we were down to one war. It's like, one war is not enough. we got to have at least two. And I guess some rich person, it wasn't Elon Musk, but I think it was a buddy of his, he wrote an essay that was like, I'm going to make this up. He's like, the neocons and the woke tards are getting together to support the Ukraine war. He called it he called it America's first woke war. And somehow I think it is woke. I don't know, like my woke buddy. I mean, I talked about him, but I was listening to someone else who is, I think they're normally on the left or used, you know, used to be on the left. Whatever. They're on the left when it comes to identity politics. But they were talking about, you know, someone's like, what if... Uh, Russia does a nuke on Ukraine, and they're like, well, we got to come back at them. And, you know, long story short, his opinion was if, if Russia nu uses nukes, then we nuke Russia. So I'd like to see a survey of Americans and see how many of them think that if Russia nukes Ukraine, we should nuke Russia. I think that number is, it'd be, it'd be higher than you think. Whatever you think it is, I bet it's higher than that. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.